the Chiefs' safeties at the back of the defense and the Chiefs' quarterbacks at the forefront of the offense. Where are they? What are they doing as we get ready to see OTAs? Go through that offseason process. We're going to take a look at those two position groups, give you a little bit of an update today on Locked On Chiefs. From the land of the free and the home of the Chiefs, this is the Locked On Chiefs podcast. Welcome back, friends and neighbors. This is Locked On Chiefs, part of Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day for free on every platform out there. We're brought to you by Bet Online. Make sure you check them out for all of your informational needs. If you're going to get into betting, Bet Online, where it's where the game starts. A uh, lot to go over today. We're going to take a look at the back of the defense and the front of the offense. I'm Ryan Tracy, the founder of Rogue Analytics and Performance Consulting over at RogueAPC.com. You can find me there or NFL33.com, which is our new year-round kind of team building, draft, et cetera, et cetera. It's all fun stuff. But today we get to talk to Chiefs and, uh, you know, one Patrick LeVon Mahomes probably, right? Yeah, probably just a little bit. Uh, I think he'll be a little bit of the point of the topic <laughs> of conversation. Uh, my name's Chris Clark. You can find me at KC Chiefs Corner. Uh, I have a lot going on over there. Uh, doing a deeper dive into what I think is going to be the schedule and, and really diving into that. And then you're going to be looking at really – over the next couple of weeks, how this draft class is going to affect guys that are currently on the roster and people that may not be on the roster in 2022 or roster holes that could be there for 2023. So that's what I'm going to be looking at over the next couple of weeks over at KC Chiefs Corner. When we start looking at this class, or sorry, this team right now, we've known for several years that the Chiefs have found their quarterback of the future. This is going to be Patrick Mahomes' team for the foreseeable future. Uh, and probably longer than his ten-year contract. Yeah, I mean, with, without doubt. Uh, and his contract, honestly, is what's allowing a lot of the things that are currently going on to happen. You see that there are some other uh, high-end quarterbacks around the league that are, are really still at the point where they are the anchor on a team's uh, front office's ability to move around, to make additions, to bring in support. Whereas Mahomes, we were overwhelmed when the contract got signed. But at this point, it's allowing all these things like – Reed and free agency, like the coming Orlando Brown contract, like despite its enormity, it's still allowing them to be active enough, even despite rumors of a cornerback coming onto the roster here in the next week or two. Like there's a lot still out there because of the way that they structured it and allowed Patrick to still get his dollars, but do it in a way that helps the team progress forward. Yeah, and it looks like he is still expected to be, and a lot of it is going to be outside the money that he's making as a QB, but he's still expected to be possibly the first billionaire coming from football. Yeah, that's crazy. I mean, especially when Tom Brady just last week signed, what, $375 million deal over 10. Mm-hmm. That's significant for Tom Brady. That's nearly as much as he made as a player. So just knowing that he's going to get into that $700 million range and Patrick's already – uh, we don't know the, the Oakley contract's disclosure yet or Adidas, but I got to think that he's right up about there already on top of his actual playing contract. Well, yeah, and then you start looking at Hyper Ice, you start looking at Whoop, yeah. and you start looking at all the other deals he's got, uh, Whataburger in Kansas City and in the surrounding areas. I mean, there's going to be a ton of different things he's into. Uh, he's got a minority stake in the Royals. He's got you know a stake in the you know, Sports KC and the – women's soccer league as well. And I apologize. I don't know the name of that one. So, um, but yeah, he is invested in a lot of different things in this area. And so he wants to be in Kansas city. Uh, Kansas city wants him here and he is just about the perfect. I hate saying perfect, but he is just about exactly what you'd be wanting in a QB uh, outside of all of the tangible stuff that you can put on the field. 
his intangibles really set him apart from so many people. Well, and his business savvy and kudos to his agency that represents him as well. They've got him into not just doing endorsements that are in, in all reality short-lived while you're a player building into things that are income earners down the line. So that takes the emphasis off of paying him in his actual contract with the team as much as these outside business opportunities. Well, and don't forget that he basically stepped and said he wasn't going to take any opportunities when he was a rookie. Mm -hmm. He didn't want the focus to be on him for anything. He wanted to step in, into the background. And he wanted to learn from Alex and, and thank you, Alex Smith. I will never be able to say that enough for what you did for Patrick Mahomes uh, because Patrick has said it, Andrew, Andy has said it, everybody has said that Alex Smith stepped and went above and beyond, and he really got Patrick to where he is right now, helped get to Patrick to where he is right now. And, and I'll say this, it, it's not about him, but it is about him. And the quarterback position on this roster this year is about supporting him. They brought Chad Henney back, still have Steve Michelle. If Anthony Gordon and uh, Dustin Crum, a lot of guys that Gordon got cut. Lost. Oh, has he been released already? I must have missed that. Mm -hmm. Well, I was just going to say, it's about supporting Patrick and being in the room to help him run film, doing projects, et cetera. Like, it, I think the days of the backup quarterback just holding a clipboard on Sunday and being ready, that, that's out the window. There's a lot more research that goes into it, a lot more film study, a lot more helping the guy who's on the field than years past. And I think at the end of the day, it's going to come down to Michelle and Henny to, to solidify their spots in order to keep doing that. Well, and you look at who probably really made that be the way it is, and that's Peyton Manning. You saw what he went through with his backup quarterbacks in Denver, and you yeah. just you saw a completely different change of how QBs have been looked at over the past several years. And I think that's an ingenious move by the league is to adopt basically that, that thought process because it gives you – all of those people that have played that position and it gives you a more of a, I hate kind of put it this way, but more of a hive hive type mindset uh, and more voices is better than just a couple. It's not a bad way to put it though, because yeah, I mean, it, it gives you the ability to spread the work around mm -hmm. on any given, you know, <laughs> any given Sunday or any given day of the week that you're preparing for that Sunday that, that goes a long way in getting you that much farther down the road. It lets you hedge your bets on what you're going to do, how you're going to attack a team and hedging your bets is about having information. And if you want all the information that you can get in order to lay your money down in a smart way that takes care of your risk, bet online is the place to do it because they give you everything that you need, whether it's podcasts, information lines, everything that they have and right now it's your number one spot for all your betting needs no matter what it is for baseball hockey uh basketball playoffs even fight night you can get all the information that you need to put your money on the line in a spot in a smart way with little risk they even have stuff for uh props playoffs esports even head over to their website get everything that you need today to make your smart bets that's bet online where the game starts now supporting patrick is one thing Propping up the defense is another. And one thing that we've seen over the last few years is just the rolling through of safety. Now, Tyron Matthews in uh, New Orleans now. That's by design. They didn't offer him and a his number's gone. 32 is yeah. not going to even be a DB anymore. Right. 32 is going to be Nick Bolton, folks. So Nick going back 
to uh, the Mizzou days, that changes everything. Uh, Leo Chanel's now going to get 54 because it's not on Nick's back. Which and, I like uh, a lot more than 49. I have to, I have to I agree. And I was just going to get to that. We've seen this cavalcade roll through the safety position, but now with Tyron Matthew in New Orleans again, it kind of opens everything up. And, and let's be honest, Tyron underperformed last year. The mm-hmm. truth is the truth. So did Dan Sorensen. Some people would say that Thornhill did too. I didn't. I didn't feel it was dramatic with Thornhill, but now you have three new safeties. I'm sorry, two new safeties to go with him to make that three in Justin Reed as an acquisition in free agency, and Brian Cook as a draft uh, selection that should come in, and that should be the rotation of the top three. The question is how they're utilized, and how do you hedge your bets against what you had last season, where there was a lot of mistackling. That was one of the the keys to making this change. I think that is fixed with Brian Cook in terms of the short area, um, you know, 12 yards and in, because I think that's where he will line up most predominantly. But how do you feel about the short area of the field? I think you're right. I think he is going to line up there most predominantly. And I'm curious to see how they deploy their safeties because now, and I know we've talked about this a little bit, but we, you know, now with Chanel, on this defense, it's also going to change how they play their safeties and how often they play their safeties. I think, I don't think that they're going to be in three safety sets near as much as they have been in the past, because now they have somebody that can do a little bit more than they've had at that position before. So I think that's going to change a couple of things, but you did really say something that I think you're right on. They did bring in three safeties because they drafted another safety at the very end of the seventh round. So they have him as well. And I'm not expecting him to start. I'm not expecting him to play. But you also have guys like Zane Anderson, you have Devon Key, you have uh, Dion Bush um, are, are all the different safeties that you have there. You're going to have basically four on this roster, I believe. I don't think you're going to keep five because I think you're going to have to be looking right. at keeping six CBs, and we'll talk about that at a later point. But you start looking at how these safeties are going to play. I agree with you. I think that Cook is going to be a guy that's going to play a lot more type, type in the box role than – uh, you know, kind of like what Daniel Sorensen has done, and he's going to bring more speed, and he's going to be another one of those sure tackler type guys that's going to be in there, and he's going to be looking to get downhill and hit and attack. And I think that's a huge positive for Kansas City. And for me, knowing what he did in college, having evaluated his film personally, it's a drastic difference in what you get or or hope to get from Sorensen because he can mirror, because he does have the speed to – cover specifically from the get-go at the, the snap all the way down the field if he has to he isn't or at least wasn't in college as productive in terms of turnovers dan had a nose for the ball and he did make big plays even when he was outmatched when he was playing high sometimes single i think cook can play too high I don't know that you want him alone so while he has versatility i don't think that it's it's drastic that you can literally switch thornhill and and read and he in and out in the same kind of role. I do think it is a little bit more specified, but I see the interesting for me is what you said about Chanel. I don't see him alleviating the three safety sets. I think Spags wants to do that. And I think he wants coverage over the top. Whereas Chanel has a ways to go on that. That's, that's his one weak point at this point in terms of Uh, pass coverage. I'm not saying that it's going to 
get rid of the three safety sets. I just think it's not going to be as prominent as it has been in the past. Yeah. Because they haven't had that other line, that strong, strong side linebacker. They haven't had that Sam type linebacker that has been able to do what Chanel can do. So I'm not thinking that it's going to be taking away all those snaps, but I think it could take away a couple of those snaps uh, because it, especially in like third and long situations, if you want to send an extra pass rusher at the QB, Chanel can do that and he can do that very well. Yeah, he's a great blitzer. I hope that it sets them up for, and that's probably a metric that I'll have to go back and set up before we get to the season is, does it put them in more third and longs in playing better on first and second out with Chanel in the base? Right. Do they play more base on first and second in order to get to those longer situations, which I think plays into their hands? He's certainly a guy that can affect that. And if they set it up correctly, I think that takes some of the pressure off of what is corners that they're still kind of searching for, right? We'll see what I think McDuffie's going to be great, but it's going to be a transition as well. And then you, you still have to get the, the the nickel figured out. Are you going to leave Ladarius in there? And that's where uh, Nazi comes in that I think you were referencing before, listed as a safety, but he can play nickel as well. And so if anyone steps forward and grabs the nickel spot where you feel you can comfortably leave Snead out at the outside, I think that helps all the safeties in terms of having a, a nickel-dominant guy that can then drop off into space as well. Yeah, no, it absolutely does. And I think that this secondary is getting a lot younger. They're going to get a lot. Uh, it's, it's going to be a working process throughout the season. I think that, you know, the first several weeks are going to be uh, probably a little bit rougher than, than the later part of the season because you have all these young guys that are stepping into new roles, stepping into the NFL, have to get used to the game, have to get used to the speed. And you can only do so much with training camp and preseason games. So I think there's going to be some adjustment there, but I think that it's going to be good for Kansas City down the stretch. And I think that'll help them in the playoffs in 2022. But you start looking at what it's going to mean for, you know, their corner room. And, you know, one of the things I thought that was really interesting, I saw actually yesterday, and I know we're talking about safeties, but this is something I want to mention. All of the CBs that have been all pros over the past seven years, have arms that are close to 31 inches or longer. Mm -hmm. And that includes Marcus Peters. So Kansas City's metric, generally speaking, is what there is what all those all pro CBs have all had all have in common, except for I think Casey Hayward. He has the shortest arms of the group. He's the only all pro CB. My point there is though, McDuffie doesn't necessarily fit that skill set, and that's fine. But the Chiefs are looking at a metric that is shown to be the top tier of that of that type of position. Yeah, that, that's true. And like you said, Hayward's an outlier. There are outliers. I'm not concerned yeah. about it because when you watch him play, man, he certainly is just as good as he is in zone, in my opinion. The one thing that I will say is that, that I, I don't feel comfortable with McDuffie walking into the league and trying to press NFL receivers. The press itself playing that close to contact, making sure that you get your strike point, making sure that you maintain your angles. That's the part that I don't feel his game is up to snuff with the rest of it. But just straight man, like we see them play all the time, or half the time I'm screaming at the screen that they have to go actually make contact and press. If they're going to do what they always do, he's going to be absolutely fine. I think he can be very productive early, especially. Yeah, I agree. I just wanted to point out the Chiefs are looking at a metric that seems to be very effective in the NFL uh, long arms, and obviously it's not just long arms, but those long arms do help you get your hands on more passes and you know deflect more and keep your guy guarded for longer. So just something to throw out there. I thought that was interesting uh, to see that yesterday. Yeah, it's a good one. 
That's why there's thresholds. <laughs> exactly. And that's why the Chiefs look at, at thresholds like that. So before we jump in and start talking a little bit more about this roster, I do want to tell you about our friends over at Bill Bar. Bill Bar has an amazing flavor that you need to try if you haven't already. It is the birthday cake puff from Bill Bar. Imagine dipping your finger into that plastic tub of birthday cake frosting and then opening your eyes and realizing that it was only 150 calories and 16 grams of protein. That is what it is like to eat a birthday cake puff bar from Bill Bar. I just received my birthday cake puffs and I have never tasted anything like this before. They are absolutely fantastic. I do really enjoy these Bill Bars. And if you haven't tried the puffs, I'll let you on a little secret because that's what friends do. A chocolate covered marshmallow protein bar. And that is exactly what it is. Delicious flavored marshmallow covered in 100% real chocolate. Make every day your birthday with Bilt's birthday cake puffs. Bilt has taken the delicious experience of biting into a fresh slice of birthday cake, enrobed it in 100% white chocolate, and added sprinkles. Go to Bilt.com to get your birthday cake puffs right now. Go to Bilt.com, use promo code LOCK15, and get 15% off your order. Use promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at Bilt.com. Add one. I had one birthday puff and the children have stolen the rest. They're gone. Yeah. It's kind of the way that works, isn't it? Yeah. Hopefully I kept a wrapper somewhere. Uh, well, I will try to have props here in the next couple of weeks again here, folks. But um, <laughs> I, I think what we have to do is set expectations for the safety class in particular. Now, Juan Thornhill in particular has been kind of in the doghouse. They didn't even want to start him last five weeks, first five weeks last season. I don't know what that does in transferring over to what you expect to be your top three to be completely new outside of him. So I think one thing that we have to pay attention to next week when OTAs actually start uh, the 23rd is the first day is who's rotating where and is there any time that Juan Thornhill is not out there because he's the lone survivor from last season in being able to step in and know everything. So knock on wood, there's no hiccup. Because last week at minicamp, you saw Steve Spagnuolo put his arm around Brian Cook and give him the Juan Thornhill treatment. That They went through mental reps when he wasn't in there, constantly going over what needs to happen. So that tells me that the investment is there early. We'll see if that continues in this next week. But where do you think Thornhill is right now? It's hard to know until we actually get into OTAs and see where they're lining up. And really, you're not going to really know probably until you get into training camp. Because just because these guys are doing things in OTAs doesn't mean it's going to uh, carry over to training camp when they get the pads on. And that's really when you're going to know a lot more about where Thornhill is in, in his progression and in his career. And this is his opportunity to be that leader in that room. He has a chance to step up and do something that he hasn't had the past several years because he's been learning from Tyron Matthew. And I understand Justin Reed is the leader and that's great. And if he wants to lead that group, that's fine. But Thornhill has a little bit of a different advantage of, on Reed because he knows the defense. He knows exactly where, what he's supposed to be doing because I don't see them changing what they've, what they've been doing over the past several years. So Thornhill has an advantage there, and he can be a big leader on this defense if he wants to be. Yeah, uh, agreed. Now, clearly, they do expect Reed to be a leader of some kind. I like, I like the fact that they might have two guys that are kind of battling for it. Like maybe maybe that's not their goal, but they both have something to bring to the table, and so an excess of leadership is better than an absence of one. And so I like that scenario. I see the team playing more too high this year, playing more confusing things underneath. We know that they like to run a lot of two man when they can. I think Cook lends himself to that because he can man up on tight ends, 
in my opinion, except for the biggest, bulkiest ones that are just going to block them out and, and play post-basketball. You know what I mean? Um, so I like the ability to split around. But of the two, I think the team is actually better if Juan Thornhill does not become the leader in the safety group, and it is Justin Reed, because I think that allows Juan to just concentrate on what he's doing and become the playmaker that we've seen flashes of, but we haven't seen him actually grab it by the horns and do it all the time. Yeah, and I don't have a problem with that. I guess really where I was going with my comments is he knows the defense better than anybody else that's going to be in that room Yeah, other than the coaches. So he has the ability to lead in that aspect. It doesn't have to be leadership on the field. It's get your – help get your teammates in the right positions when they're on the field when you're not be a leader in that regard you don't have to be the vocal voice of the team go do your job and help the people that are around you because it's only going to help your entire roster yeah agreed and the the vocal thing i'm glad that you said that because it doesn't doesn't feel like he has that personality to be the outspoken right vocal leader Right, so, but he does have the ability to help his fellow safeties get in the right position and figure out this defense because that can go a long way to getting the Chiefs back to where they all want to be, which is in the Super Bowl. So what's your gut after having seen a little bit of Reed and a little bit of Cook? Like, Who's the best performer that we should expect in this coming season at the safety spot? Well, I think it's a rough question right now. I think that Justin Reed is going to be a guy that's going to step in and he's going to be the leader on the back end of the defense. I do think that that is a role that they brought him in for. I think that he learned from Tyron uh, and he has a lot of that already going for him. So I do think he's going to step in and be that guy. The question I have is how are they going to play all these three safety sets with these three different guys? Because they all have different skill sets. They can all kind of mix, mix and match in different areas, but they're not all going to be, you know, good in the same areas as, as maybe some of the others. So, it's going to be fun to see how those guys are able to come in and work together and differentiate themselves to put them the team in the best position for the defenses that Spagnuolo wants to call. I'm really excited to see what Cook can do because I do think he has a lot of potential, especially down near the line of scrimmage. Uh, you know, Justin Reed is a guy that I think is going to uh, play maybe more of a you know a back a back end type role, and that's fine. I think he has the ability to help it on the back end. And uh, really, if he is, steps in and, and becomes a vocal leader on this defense and takes over that mantle from Tyron, that's a great deal for Kansas City. Yeah, absolutely. I, I like the concept. In the end, I think it's Thornhill that comes away right now, just based on what we've seen to this point. Maybe this will change in camp. We'll revise this. We'll just revisit every couple of weeks, folks. I think Thornhill is the guy that comes away with the, the most PBUs and picks, however you want to put it. And it feels like Cook's going to be the guy that ends up with the most tackles. And yep. somewhere in between kind of calling the shots. And I think, like you said, it allows you to set up the defense in a way. I want to see double robber. I want to see them be able to rotate and hide who's going to be single high when they want to go to it. I, I think this allows them – Thornhill and Reed's skill set, I think, are close enough together that you can really do some, some good misdirection and disguise of what you're actually doing get yourself some opportunities. Yeah, and I think that Cook is going to give you the ability to, when he's going downhill uh, to really get after the running backs coming in the backfield at different times. Uh, and, you know, obviously you've talked about guarding tight ends. That's also going to be a big deal. But, you know, Cook could be playing a big part against the Chargers if he's, you know, working on Eckler coming out of the backfield for a pass or just different scenarios. I mean, there's all different types of things that they could do with these guys. So it's going to be something to watch. and It's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah, and the Chiefs had a lot of success with their second-round picks in years of late. So let's make sure that this continues 
Folks, that's it for the safeties and quarterbacks today. We're going to continue as we go through this week. A couple more position reviews as we get some news about any additions. There's some rumors out there. We'll take a look at those maybe tomorrow. But there's a lot about how this defense in particular is, is altering itself and what's going to happen on offense at a couple of key spots. But most of it's going to be copacetic. So hope that you enjoyed this one. Hope you had a great weekend. Thanks for being with us today. We'll be back with you tomorrow.